0: To be powered by love. Don't take money. Don't take fame. Don't take no credit card to ride this train. It's strong and sudden. It's cruel sometimes. But it might just save your life. To be powered by love. In the video series about Jesus and the disciples called The Chosen, I'm not sure if any of you have seen it, it's really an interesting series about Jesus and the disciples and their relationships. But there's a moving scene where Jesus and all his friends go to the house of a crippled man and his family to share a meal. And because the man has no income, Jesus and his group bring all the food. And some of Jesus' disciples are wondering what in the world we're doing here, out here in the middle of nowhere with this man. But as the story continues... And the man begins to share. It turns out that he and his family were starving. And he looks down at the ground because he knows he's a criminal. He said, because they had no food, he went out and tried to steal from a neighboring farm. And along the way, he beat up someone and took his horse. So you get the picture while this man is talking that he's the one that did the original crime, beating up the man who was left on the road. And then he says how bad he felt because he left. The horse threw him off, and he was also injured. And he thought probably the man was left to die. Now the scene in the video isn't from the Bible, but it makes an interesting backstory that sheds some light on this famous story. Show love to your neighbor. And of course, sometimes the neighbor is a Jewish Hebrew man, and sometimes the neighbor is a Samaritan. And then, of course, in the story, the man who tells his story is crippled and Jesus heals him. But this parable then brings home that point to the very heart of Jewish law. The answer to Jesus' question, what is written in the law? Well, the lawyer got it right. Love the Lord your God with your heart, soul, strength, and mind, and your neighbor as yourself. So it doesn't matter who they are, what religion or race, or any number of factors that highlights different. It really comes down to the simple necessity of loving one another. If you could possibly distill Christian faith down to what is most essential, which is pretty hard to do, it would probably be this very challenge, to love one's neighbor. Even though it appears these days as if there are lots of different versions of Christianity, probably the one that looks more like Jesus himself would be just this. It's so essential to love each other and show mercy. How do we actually do it? Back in Luke chapter 9, just a chapter before what I read, there's an important turning point in Jesus' story. It says that he set his face to go to Jerusalem, and from that point up until chapter 19, way down the journey, Jesus is on the road. Some translations say that he steadfastly determined his purpose. I think maybe it says that because Jesus knew that there was trouble coming, that there would be difficulties ahead. We've heard some hints about that. But he set his GPS and he knows where he's going and he knows it's not going to be an easy road. It's symbolic in some ways, isn't it, of the journey of following Jesus that we are on. We know that it will not be easy. Some of Jesus' disciples were not pleased to hear that there was a Samaritan in the story because they were The thieves and murderers, after all. And that the Samaritan was the one to act with love and kindness. The disciples, too, were discovering that following Jesus was a challenge in many ways. Some of their preconceived attitudes and long-held prejudices would be challenged and would have to change. Jesus' parable portrays a Samaritan as a wonderful neighbor. But there's a bigger picture in this story too. And I wasn't thinking about that when I read through it the other day. But this is true. The Samaritan acts lovingly to another member of Israel. Which is a reminder to us here in the beginning part of Luke. That the Samaritans are also part of a wider Israel. The parable teaches that God through Jesus is beginning the restoration process. The fullness of Israel as a prelude to offering salvation to all the nations if you remember Acts chapter 1 when Jesus is just about to leave for heaven he says you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem Judea Samaria and all the earth it was an increasingly broader circle it's a big picture And this story is just one part of the bigger circle. And yet here we are in 2022, the second year in the third decade of the 21st century after the reports of Jesus' resurrection changed humanity. And this old world is still caught in the divisive chains of hate for one's neighbor. We hear about it all the time, over and over. Hateful words, anger about decisions, yet one more shooting at a public place, war continuing, fires raging, floods, creation chaos, it seems in some ways as though we are farther than ever from the truth of learning that love for one another. Often the story of the Samaritan that showed mercy is told in a way that asks you to identify with someone in the story. Maybe you'd like to do that. Think about it and where you land in the story. But today, I'm thinking that it may be more timely for all of us to identify with the person who's been wounded and is laying on the side of the road. While the challenge is to all of us to be like the man who gave mercy and care, it's also true that caregivers need to be tended to. Jesus is the one who tends to the wounded. And it's okay sometimes to be the one needing care. And in fact, it's true that we can only go and do likewise, as Jesus says, when we ourselves have received care. As I was thinking about this story, I read a a commentary that said this. I hope, this person said, that reading the story again might become an opportunity for our imagination to live out what we long for collectively. We need a way of telling the world that does not leave us stuck in the chaos and confusion of our day to day, a telling that does not stop our hope, a perspective that delivers on the promise of lasting peace. That really hit me. I would like to get unstuck from the chaos and confusion of every day. And I'm sure you would too, so that we can be free to go forward and love our neighbors as Jesus called us to do. I wonder what will help get us unstuck. In January of this year, I had an experience that, I have to say, helped me get unstuck. It was really a transforming experience. As I may have mentioned to you before when I was here, a few years ago I left my uh, position at a church in Wisconsin To start a nonprofit, it's called In Our Hands, and I've been taking groups of people on service trips and learning trips up until COVID when no one went anywhere. But in January of this year, I was able to go with a group of pastors to the south for a civil rights pilgrimage. They asked me to help them organize this trip so that they could study some of the places where some of the most famous events happened in the 60s as a way to think through how to start those conversations in their churches in Wisconsin. It was quite an amazing trip. It was only five days, and we spent most of the time in Alabama. We walked, as one of the things that we did, I could tell you lots of stories about the places we went, but one of the things was walking across the Pettus Bridge in Selma, where Martin Luther King led many people as they protested the laws, and as they walked to the other side and eventually all the way to Montgomery. What happened was that that morning, we happened to take a short tour of the state capitol in Montgomery, and our tour guide was a man named Aaron Irby, who was an elderly black man who um, at the end of the tour asked us, "Where were we heading next?" And I said, "We're going to walk to Selma and cross the bridge." And he said, "Well, do you have a guide?" And I said, "No. Would you like to come with us?" Well, he took the rest of the day off, met us at the bridge, and walked the bridge with us, and then proceeded to tell us about the whole history of Selma, tell us about his family, his experience growing up in Alabama and then he took us to one of the best barbecue restaurants nearby too but at the as the process of the day as we were chatting with him we learned that not only does he know the history so well but he himself was one of the foot soldiers he walked the bridge with king and he was one of the first ones to get to the other side and was beaten severely and he still had the wounds on his head to show us what happened when he walked that bridge in 1965. It reminded me of that famous quote from John Lewis, who also walked the bridge. Don't get lost in a sea of despair, he said. Be hopeful. Our struggle is not the struggle of a day, a week, a month. It is the struggle of a lifetime. Never be afraid to make some noise and get into good trouble, necessary trouble. We learned in those few days in Alabama, how brave men and women put themselves forward and got into trouble so that laws could change. Walking some of the steps of the civil rights trails means facing that wounded man in the Samaritan story. There's always pain as these stories are told. But walking along that road with Jesus means challenge but it means determination and likely some trouble. And it also means keeping your focus forward and not spending time looking back. I didn't plan to to say this, but I want to tell you that in October of this year, I'm doing another trip to the same places and Aaron is gonna be one of our guides and is going to tell his story again. And because it was such an inspiring trip for these pastors, I decided to open up a trip for anyone. It's filling up quickly, but I'd love to share it with you. If you're interested in more details about the trip, please ask me, because I'd love to tell you and I'd love to bring you along. So how do we walk along this road, both with those who are wounded and with those who pass by and those who stop? I think we need strength for the journey So today what I'd like to do is just leave you with some morsels to strengthen you. And these are some words from Psalm 16. And so I invite you to just close your eyes if you want to, just receive them and take them in as ways to strengthen yourself on this journey of life. Protect me, O God, for in you I take refuge. I say to the Lord, you are my Lord. I have no good apart from you. The Lord is my chosen portion and my cup. The boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. I bless the Lord who gives me counsel. In the night, my heart instructs me. I keep the Lord always before me. Because God is at my right hand, I shall not be moved. Therefore, my heart is glad and my soul rejoices. My body rests secure. You show me the path of life. In your presence, there is fullness of joy. God, thank you for these words Allow them to fall deeply into our souls so that wherever you call us to love our neighbors, we might have the strength to follow and the desire to do what is needed. Amen. Don't take fame, but it might just save your life to be powered by love.